right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This episode is 187. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome and Tumblr, P.S. This is Awesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy lists on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw zero. One. As always, you can write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and be sure to leave comments. Rate the show as you see fit. It definitely helps us get into the ears of new people. So as a reminder, this is also a video podcast as well. You can catch the show on your YouTube channel if you prefer, which I actually prefer that way. Um, it's easier to have on in the background. It's kind of nice to see our, our, our cute, smiling faces. The other day, Jake, you said you look like a... Uh, uh, I forget what you said. You look like, like... But you said I look like an old man, and you looked like a... I forget what you I said. said. I think it looks like a fucking hillbilly or yeah. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like a like a yeah mountain man or something, or like some sort of yeah person who came out of the deep woods of Virginia. Anyways, we love our Virginian fans, um, all zero of them. But no, I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, so, anyways, yeah, Jake, I wanted to uh, before we get on the show. I want to talk briefly because it isn't really news, but it's something you and I had discussed on the last episode. We actually put a little effort into it. So if you're listening to the podcast, we actually have a Patreon page now. We're we're not begging for money. Uh, We're going to continue doing the show, and we can't even promise we're going to give you guys any exclusive content at this point but you will get a free sticker if you uh, decide to be a patron of the show it is called the one and only one dollar club and the cool thing about it is it's it's simple there's no tiers to pick from there's no different levels of anything it's just one dollar a month and you can help throw a little bit of cash Jake and I's way to uh, maybe do some stuff to put back into the show like I said I've got some stickers I'm getting a quote on right now and uh, they're going to be die cut premium vinyl US, made in the US uh, cut stickers here um, actually made in Pennsylvania, which is awesome. Uh, Punxsutawney, actually. To be even more specific, where the old groundhog lives. So, yeah. So, we're getting some stickers made. And if you decide to be a patron of the show, we would appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. Jake, do you have anything else you want to say about that? We did a nice little intro video before we get on with the, with the show. Um, no, I just, I think it's a a good way for the people, if they have any interest to be able to support us, get a neat little sticker in the process. And I think it should be said that, you know, any money that comes in on that is just going to go back into the show. It's not like we're doing this. We're not doing this for a profit or anything. You know, we may be able to do something like, uh, like one of the things we've talked about is if we can get you know, even a handful of subscribers, it would be, be enough for us to pay for something like a Zencaster video subscription where we could do, uh, we could do better video podcasts without having, you know, the issues with the occasional like latency and dropout right. and stuff. And your happens. audio would be we clear. better. That, that, yeah. The audio would be clear, especially on my side, because mine is not a local recording like Fred's is. So, um, I think it would sound better. Uh, you know, and it would it would allow us to basically just put more into the into the content that we're that we're making. Right, right. I definitely think if you would look at the numbers, you and I have definitely uh, we're 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 uh, 
in the negatives as far as the amount of time and money we put into the show. But it definitely is a labor of love, like I said. And Jake, I love talking with you about video games. And we're going to keep trying to bring you guys content. So, yeah, don't feel obligated. We're not offended if you, if you don't become a patron. We know we have some, some listeners out there. But it is, again, it's patreon.com slash awesome. And there's a nice little video on there. And uh, you guys can watch Jake and I look like idiots um, try to being, try, in an attempt trying to be super official with trying to explain our cause um, on the video there. So, yeah, head over there. But that out of the way, um, games we're playing. Uh, I finally beat Ratchet and Clank, Jake, Rift Apart. I finally beat it. It was good. I liked it. The game was pretty. Uh, you know? Took you long enough. Well, it's because of my dog. He kept jumping at the screen. I, I had to, like, play it when he was asleep. Anyways, I beat the game. I don't think I'm going to go back and platinum it. I'm pretty close, but I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, I liked it, I think, because I played it so sporadically that I got a little lost in the story. And I don't know if it was very story-driven to begin with, since you're just trying to get the Gravitron, the Gravinator thing, and uh, fix the universe. Um you know, it was interesting, though. I, it, it offered a lot of uh, design. Uh, it offered a lot to designing levels, right? Because, like, if you're, you can be in one level and then uh, use the Dimensionator and then end up in that same level with different artwork. So that was visually, it was really pleasing. And then the way you split it up between different planets and areas was really, really fun. Um, it offered a lot of different kind of kind of environments which i enjoyed and i appreciated i actually like the underwater one believe it or not and most times i hate underwater levels i did like that one and i like the boss battles i thought those were fun yeah i think that the game did a really good job and uh it's you know it's an easy platinum so that's why i went all the way and i liked it a lot so i went all the way and got the platinum on it and i think that um you know, it's something that a lot of people probably will do. I think that it's one of the better games on PS5 right now. I mean, it's one of the few like PS5 exclusive games. So I think that if you have a PlayStation 5, it's honestly a must play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, the only reason I haven't beaten it sooner is because my dog uh, saw Ratchet and Rivet and would freak out and thought they were in the house and like would just go ballistic to the point where I couldn't even play the game. So anyways, uh, I enjoyed that. I did purchase, I talked about it last show, The Walking Dead Definitive Edition, which is all of the episodes for like 30 bucks, 35 bucks or something. I got it. I haven't taken the step into it yet because I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it, but I kind of wanted to do it and post it live or something, somehow stream my decisions live and play that game live from uh, season one, episode one, all the way through season four, the final episode. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Maybe, I don't know. I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself, but maybe that will be something that perhaps I could, uh, I could figure out how to do. But So I bought that, and I also bought Detached on the PlayStation VR, and I think I had spoken about that as well, um, the game, not me purchasing it previously, and how I was interested in it. And then on a last uh, final note, just before I came down here to start this episode with you, Jake, there is a version on MLB The Show 2021, a game mode called March to October, and it's really interesting. It's fun. It uses your team stats, uh, the real team, right? The the current team with the lineup. And uh, it starts you off, and then it simulates, 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 simulates. And then it lets you try to, like, gain momentum as a team by, like, you know, coming back from a – and it'll put you, okay, it's the bottom of the seventh. You're down by one. Can you flip this around and win? And if you do, it accredits your team with bonus uh, momentum, 
in the next simulation game, like if you were maybe going to lose, it'll throw some of that momentum out of your uh, out of your reserve and turn it to a win, right? So you can kind of manipulate the outcome of your team um, based on how you perform in these individual scenarios. And then it gives you like drafting options here and there. Like, do you want to send someone down? Do you want to bring someone up? And, uh, you know, and it works through the draft season and then when the draft's over, you, you, you get to kind of fine tune it, but it's it's very loosey-goosey and it makes it way more fun. Well, of course, I'm a big Pittsburgh Pirate fan and they are like considered one of the underdog teams. So to actually get to the World Series with them and actually win, I think is supposed to be pretty challenging. Uh, I pulled it off. I swept the Yankees in the World Series and uh, I couldn't be happier. Honestly, it's the closest I'm ever going to get to watching those guys celebrate at PNC Park for winning the World Series. And I was just like genuinely happy for the, the players because I felt like I'd been on this journey with them. And like, you know, we, we had some really close, close games. And uh, I, you know, it was so, it was so awesome, man. Like, ah, yeah, being, being a baseball fan, that game's awesome. That game's really awesome. And just seeing the fireworks blow up over PNC Park and the crowd just going, and at the end, they're they're holding up the trophy and like a team, you know, and it's everybody and they're kneeling down and like going like this and like everyone's just going ballistic. And uh, man, it was awesome. Yeah, so I I uh, got I got a really nice trophy uh, through the PlayStation Network for taking the Pirates and winning the World Series, which was awesome. Jake, nice. what are you playing? Uh, so I play. I was playing some of uh, oh. Fuck! What was that game I've been playing? Ascent, um, Ascension, the, uh, Ascension, Ascent. Sorry, the Ascent. Mm. So I was playing more of that. Um, it's still good. I I kind of fell off of it a little bit because it's it's getting a little annoying for the reasons that I already talked about in the previous podcast, where it's yeah. basically you know you run into enemies that you shouldn't have to run into it's when you're on a specific level, and there's some. There's some, you know, running around that you have to do that is just really annoying with it, but I, I still really like it and I still want to go back to it. I just kind of, I played it a little bit and then I quit because the open beta happened for Diablo 2 Resurrected mm-hmm. and you can actually, you could actually continue your progress from the closed beta into the open beta. So I played the open beta for Diablo 2 Resurrected mostly. Um, over the weekend just because uh, it was kind of a timely thing and I wanted to sort of get through it. And I also was doing, uh, wanted to do a video on it, so which we'll be probably releasing here within the next day or so. Um, and then uh, the other thing is last night I started playing Hades. So uh, everyone, that's like one of those games that just came out on PlayStation and Xbox and it won like a million fucking game of the year awards last year. So I was really anxious to try it out because I'm a huge fan of super giant games. I didn't play Pyre, but it is not because I don't think it's a good game. I'm sure it was a great game. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like this weird sports game that just didn't really strike me in the same way that Bastion and Transistor did. Both of those games, I think, are, you know, peak um, titles and everyone should play them. 
but Pyre, and I'm sure Pyre is like a really good game too. I just didn't, it just the whole, you know, every, every, instead of combat, it's basically like a sport. It's like sport. You play like this sport against the bad guys Sure, sure. where you're like trying to get a ball into like a goal basically. And it just didn't really jive with me. Cool. Cool idea. I just didn't really feel like playing it. Yeah. So Hades is a, uh, it's a roguelike game. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of that game I played a while ago called Curse of the Dead Gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that they do a better job with it because there's a little bit more, it's a little bit more forgiving, not in the fact that like you still have to start from the beginning and you, every time you die and it's still like this thing, but there's a lot more stuff that kind of seems like there's a lot more stuff that carries over. And so you can kind of grind it out and make your character better, which will allow you to get farther on top of learning how to play the game where some of the other games, it was like a lot of it was luck. Like a lot, some of the other roguelikes, a lot of it is luck based in like, for example, the most recent example for me, uh, returnal, it's really skill based. And whereas this game, it seems like there's a lot of things that you can do just grinding it to make it easier for you as opposed to just let's say you're just bad at the game and but you still want to beat it right you can do that and they also have a god mode in it where it i don't think it makes you i haven't used it but i don't think it makes you invincible but it makes it much harder to die and the re- so like because the game does have like an interesting story and they did a really cool job with the roguelike aspect of every time you die you get a little bit more story and like it's like Returnal but it seems honestly even deeper and it's this really cool Greek mythology where you're like the the son of Hades and you're trying to escape Tartarus to be able to hang out with your extended family up in Mount Olympus with like your uncle Zeus Always and like all these guys. So yeah. yeah, so like it's uh the basically the whole idea is you're trying to get out of Tartarus. You're trying to get out of hell. And uh so it's all got all this Greek mythology, all these Greek gods. They're the ones that give you the power ups when you find them. Like, so there's dialogue between you and these gods. There's, you know, and there's all this story stuff that goes on. You get to talk to Hades every time you die and he'll kind of make some quip about how you shouldn't be trying to escape, but he knows you're doing it. He just says you shouldn't try. Yeah, yeah. You'll never succeed and all this stuff. Um, and the art style is very, very true to super giant form. Like it, it looks just like transistor, just like pyre, just like bastion. And it's got that, like bastion was a lit like bastion, even though it had the same kind of art palette and the same art style was a little bit more cartoony in like the anatomy of the characters. And, uh, but like generally you could tell just by looking at this game that it's a super giant game, which is cool. Um, it has some really interesting audio, like music and stuff in it. Like there was this one part where I was like in between sections and I was just kind of walking around and they literally just had like a bass playing like just by itself, like an electric yeah. bass, just playing like this single kind of like bass solo note thing, yeah. which is very atmospheric, but super simplistic at the and same somehow time. Fit, yeah. Yeah, like it, it's so it's it's cool. Like I'm really enjoying it, and uh, but I've like again, I've only like I'm on like my third maybe playthrough. I haven't even gotten to the first boss yet, so I can't really comment 
too deeply on it other than what I've experienced so far, but I am, uh, I am enjoying it. Oh, and also I jump back into destiny two a bit. So before the Diablo two beta open beta started back up and after I kind of fell off on the ascent, I jumped back into Diablo. There's not Diablo, uh, destiny, destiny two. I'm sorry. And, uh, I beat the Forsaken campaign and then I started kind of playing in on the Shadowkeep stuff Mm. um, because like I was looking into it and the seasonal stuff on top. So like the stuff that you and I kind of purchased when it was all on sale, there was the obviously the Forsaken, then the Shadowkeep, then the the not the blinding light. What the Uh, fuck's it called? Beyond Beyond light. light. Um, And they're getting ready to come out with another one called like the Witch King something. And, uh, but the seasonal stuff that they're doing like every week or every couple weeks or whatever the fuck it is, is every single time they do seasonal content, they add like story missions. Oh, that's kind of nice. So, so, and that's stuff you don't have to pay for the big expansions. Like this new witch King thing that's coming out is obviously a paid expansion and we paid for, you know, the other three, but the seasonal stuff, it seems like they're adding story shit as well. So and I just kind of wanted to play a fluid shooter. Oh, and it's such a good and, shooter. And I could just run around and yeah. So I just kind of ran around in uh, Destiny, beat the Forsaken stuff, started in on the Shadow Keep stuff. I want to kind of poke at that a little bit. It's something that I can just pick up and like play a little bit and then put it down. So that's sort of uh, where I'm at with my game. So yeah. I guess I've been kind of all over the place this week, but yeah, but that's okay. It. I'm glad you're gaming, man. I'm glad you're doing stuff. I dug into the news last week. As I was kind of prepping for this podcast, and I didn't really put on a whole lot of new stuff, but we might as well jump into it, man. I know Hades is on my list as well, uh, but uh, Marvel's The Guardians of the Galaxy is being developed by Eidos Montreal. Uh, It's being published. I I think it's pronounced Eidos. Yeah, I can't figure it out, man. All right. Eidos Montreal. I can't pronounce that. Was it? But Dotimo, Dotimu was the last one I had trouble with. Yeah. Why the fuck are these things all named so goddamn crazy? Um, anyways, uh, it is what it is. So Eidos Montreal and published by Square Enix. Enix. Apparently, uh, it, it's getting its own album though. And I thought this was kind of cool. We saw this with The Witcher. The Witcher did this, and some of these video games, like the Naughty Dog games, have vinyl records and stuff. But the game's set to release October 26th, and it's shipping with. Its own music. Uh, the record's going to be titled Space Raider, and it was recorded at Abbey Road Studios in London, which is awesome. And uh, it's going to be six hours long, the, the album, which is crazy. Um, I just thought I would at least throw this out there that we're both musicians, and I thought it was one of the craziest things I had seen. Like, it's almost, man, they must have taken a lot of time to write all this music and record at Abbey Road Studios. Six hours of music? Like, if, if that's what it for, said. For which game? Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy that's coming out. The action-adventure game. Isn't that wild? I mean, six hours, I guess, is not that, not that, I mean, it's a lot. Well, I mean, like, I'm not writing a six-hour Think about hour something record. like, think about... Well, I mean, just think about, depending on how long the game is, you know, maybe they have special music. Maybe they wrote special music for every uh, like, they, section of the they game did. or whatever. Because if you're not familiar with the franchise, the Guardians of the Galaxy, it's very music-based, very music-driven, you know, a lot of classic rock, a lot of stuff like that. So I hope that the music's awesome. But I thought that was a cool news point to bring up. Um, it is pretty neat, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, November 5th 
is going to be the release date for the new Call of Duty Vanguard game. And they're going back to World War II, as we all thought. Uh, Sledgehammer is, of course, the game developer behind this one. And it'll be their first game since 2017's Call of Duty World War II. Uh, so, Sledgehammer has worked on a lot of Call of Duty games. They assisted Infinity Ward with Modern Warfare 3. They did Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, they did Call of Duty World War 2. And then they assisted uh, Infinity Ward again in Modern Warfare. And then they also and then they assisted Treyarch with Black Ops Cold War. Um, and then Raven Software made that campaign. But I think it's interesting how they just shimmy around responsibility of who has Call of Duty next. I think it's fun. I mean, I get it. That's how they get one out every year. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to. It's weird, though. So yeah, they haven't it, they haven't done a full fledged Call of Duty game since 2017, and I don't I don't know how I feel. I don't think I played the World War II one. Maybe I did. I didn't. I was excited for Call of Duty World War II because honestly, like I loved the the first Call of Duty. Um, playing that game was one of these games that just impacted me in a way that I never expected to be impacted by a video game. Yeah, I understand that. There's just like the very beginning of the game, you like do this crazy fucking battle sequence. And it was one of those games where like one of the first, first experiences I've ever had where I had to like set the game down after Mm. like, 45 minutes because it was just too in, like my nerves were just fucking yeah. on fire because it was just I hadn't played anything that intense up to that point yeah remind remember this is like a long time ago games weren't really like that and now you know like the most recent example of which was like the last of us part two mm. which is like after the first hour and a half you know some shit happens and i'm just like i can't play this i gotta i gotta put it down and i gotta come back to it because it it's just games can be so intense now but they didn't used to be that way like i was never putting down fucking mortal Kombat because my nerves or, were or mario yeah. You know, yeah yeah so like or even like Grand Theft Auto 3. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't putting that down because I was the story was overwhelming me. But like they pre, they, the presentation of that game was so good. So like to jump forward and then they hadn't done a World War II game in forever. Call of Duty World War II came out and I was like excited <laughs> for it. But then like I heard that it wasn't like the most amazing thing. And then so I didn't yeah. really jump right into it. And because I didn't want to pay full price for it. And then we got it on, I think we got it on PlayStation Plus. But then at that point, like we had already all these other games to play. Mm. So I never got around to it. And now they're doing another one like two years later. Same developer. So I wonder how much of the same three, stuff they're keeping. Maybe it, Maybe it's three years later. I think it's three years later. Well, it came out in 2017, so... Yeah, because it was Black Ops then, Cold... Or no, last year was Black Ops Cold War. Before that was Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare, that's right. And before that was World War II. So, and I'm just like, isn't it kind of tired at this point? Like, there's so much to tell in in World War II. So, like, I get that they they have, like, almost infinite sort of stories to draw from. But you can almost, you can almost guarantee you, you can almost uh, sort of plan out what it's going to be without even playing it, right? It's going to be, like, this particular portion of World War II in Europe, this particular portion of World War II in the Pacific Theater. Mm. Like, you know, maybe like the Battle of Great Britain or the Battle of the Bulge or whatever, you know, like Stalingrad, like shit like that. And so, 
Like, I'm just not that excited. I mean, it might be great. It doesn't have, like, like, the gravity that it did at one yeah, point because we've like, already I, played so I, many. I, and even, even like, uh, when Call of Duty, or sorry, Battlefield Five came out, I was kind of like, eh. I played it. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, this is cool because we played Battlefield 1. Battlefield 1 was awesome. Jump into Battlefield 5, and it's a World War II game as opposed to a World War One game. And I was like, oh, I'm excited, excited to go back to World War. Oh, that's why I didn't play Call of Duty World War II. Because I played Battlefield 5, and, you were like- and I was like, <laughs> nah. So, like, I didn't want to jump back into it. But anyway, I, I, I digress on this. I just, I don't, I'm sure it's still going to sell gangbusters, but I am really curious to see how it does if it takes a hit this year because you got battlefield 2042 Uh, which looks fucking awesome for the multiplayer guys and then you've got halo which is gonna halo infinite which is free to play so i don't know i mean this this could be i don't think that call of duty is going to be quite knocked off its pedestal but i think that they may see some diminishing returns this year Hmm. and uh, I would be curious to to find out if that's the case. I still want to play Call of Duty Cold War because I, I Black Ops Cold War because I hear it's really good and I love Raven as a developer. Yeah, but I just I don't have any real desire to play this to pay for. Like I get it. What was the one? What was the one with Kevin Spacey in it? That was Advanced. That, War- Advanced Warfare. Warfare. Thank you. Yeah. I think that was the last one that I actually played the campaign for. <laughs> I that's forgot. I forgot he was in a Call of Duty game. It looked yeah, just and, like, and like it was weird. It did. I mean, it, they, it was it was fine, but like after that, I was just kind of like because I used to really love every single Call of Duty campaign. I thought they were all really good, and then I just kind of kept like I, every. It's dude, honestly, they're not going to stop because they keep making money on. This. Yeah, they, if as, as long as they keep making money, they're not going to yeah. stop. But I would love for them to pull the Assassin's Creed model. What Assassin's Creed is doing right now? And just be like, look. We're gonna fucking just take a couple years off. Come back in three years. And blow your mind. Here is here is just Call of Duty. Bam, no subtitle. Start from the beginning, and it's just a rebrand. And it's they just put you know make it like a ten hour fucking just ball buster campaign, and then you know they can keep Warzone going that whole time. Oh yeah, make all their money on Warzone. Yeah, and then you know it's actually a good I, I think plan. that it would be. I think it would be kind of cool. Like, like they're obviously sledgehammer is not that great. The last couple sledgehammer games have not been well received. Right. And the last, like, like I was stoked to see that Raven got cold war because they're a really good single player shooter developer. And from what I understand, that campaign is fucking dope. That's why I want to play it. But I would love for them to say, like, hey, look, we're just going to do a campaign every three years, but we're going to put our best guys on it. Every three years, you're going to get a banger. Yeah. That'd be and awesome. As opposed – yeah, I mean, I, I would be back into it. And yeah. then maybe just sell the campaign. Yeah, just you know sell, I mean? sell the standalone. And the thing yeah. – I mean, the thing that's crazy, though, and you know, you look at this and you talk – I hear you talking about Battlefield. And I know Battlefield's not going to have a campaign per se, but – I don't know if you heard that or not, but I heard the new Battlefield is not mm-hmm. going to have a camp- campaign. But I think it's still going to have story content somehow. But I, I think the, uh, you know, between those two games and, you know, we're, we're getting our uh, our Destiny fix. It, it kind of makes me a little, because these are all big name games in that first person shooter space, right? So, like, it kind of makes me double back a little bit on us thinking that PlayStation needs a first party shooter. I mean, I don't know if they're going to benefit much from having one unless it's amazing. I mean, they're already so many 
it was so competitive to begin with, which is why I think they ducked out, right? I think that's why Resistance ended. I think that's why Killzone ended. I think, I think that's why we saw those those franchises go to the wayside is because we had our Call of Duties and our Battlefields and our Destiny and we had, you know, these other games. But I would love to still see a Resistance. I would love it. It would just make, make my mind blown. Like, I would just be so beside myself if they showed, like, a Resistance trailer or something. Ah, but I don't know. It scares me a little bit because you're right. Call of Duty is a new game every year, and it's just more competition. So, I mean, maybe... No, I mean, I, th- I think it would be fine for, uh, for you know, them to do... I think that they... I still do believe that they should have a... They should have a shooter, even if it's something that they only do once every four or five years. If it's like every four years we get a resistance game Mm. or something like that. I think it would only because there are lots of shooters, but there aren't any Sony exclusive shooters like there are reasons for you to play. Because if you're a call, if you're a shooter fan, if you're just a first person shooter fan. You have no re- like chances are, and I'm just throwing this out there. Chances are you're more <laughs> likely to buy an Xbox than a PlayStation because you can find because it because Xbox has exclusive shooters that are fucking top notch. If that's your primary mode of gaming, sure. But if Sony comes out and they're like, "Look, we've got Resistance, whatever," and it's like a competitor. Or on this, like, let's say it's it's just as good a shooting as Halo, but it has the story of the fucking Last of Us. Yeah. Then people that are shooter fans might turn around and be like, oh, wait. At the very least, they're going to be like, I need both. And consoles. now I can have the adaptive triggers, and I've got all the haptics, yeah, and I've sure. got this shooter. So, I still think it's important for Sony to have a, uh, an exclusive shooter. Yeah, it's going to be called uh, Resistance Rise of the Chimera. Is that your is that your prediction? Yeah, yeah. That, the new Resistance game is going to be called Resi- Re- uh, Resistance: Rise of the Chim- Chimera. I bet it would be it would be interesting because <laughs> there's just so much they could tell in that universe. Oh, I love that game. I need. I wish they just released like a remastered version of all of them. Anyways, let's move forward, man. We're talking too much, Jake. I think it's finally time for you to buy another Skyrim game. Uh, because, uh, well, first off, it's going to be a free upgrade if you own the PS4 Special Edition, which I'm not sure that you do. I do. All right. Yeah. Well, Skyrim is getting an anniversary edition for PS4, PS5. So I guess you don't have to buy it again. But it'll be releasing November 11th. And uh, in addition to, to the three free Creation Club items mentioned above, this version contains the full game plus all three expansions and over 500 pieces of unique content from Creation Club, including pre-existing and new quests, dungeons, bosses, weapons, spells, and more. I don't know what the fuck. I mean, that's that's cool as shit. So my, and I don't know if this is going to be the case because oh. the more I look at it, the more I'm thinking it might not be the case. Yeah. What I want to know. Is if it's going to have its own trophy list? Oh yeah, it probably will. So here's the other because thing, though. For, for for listeners who are just getting into our podcast, how many versions of Skyrim have you bought? Like uh, four, f- three? I think just three. Okay. Because I thought you'd purchased it four PS3, times. PS three, PS PS three, PS four, and play in PC. Oh, you didn't want to so buy it for I, VR. 
because you had already I did bought wanna, it. <laughs> I did want to buy it, but I could never pull the trigger because I just can't get myself to get my PR PSVR set up. And now that I can't, I can't fucking use it without getting my PlayStation 4 out, yeah. fuck it. Which was because you don't have a dongle. Because right. of the UPS, you had to sign for it. FedEx, but yes. So there you go. Sony, somebody, somebody, listener, send Jake your dongle. Come on. But if I could get, if I, if they have a separate trophy list, you better fucking believe it. I'm going to get a third platinum in Skyrim. Oh, that's ridiculous. So ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to be waiting like another four years probably for the next Elder Scrolls oh, game. Jesus. So like, or longer. So like, what the hell, right? Yeah. And especially, I still haven't even played through Skyrim. I, I don't know. You should play it. I mean, I have it in VR. You, like you, do you? Well, my brother does and he, he lent it to me and he's never asked for it back. So, well, that's fair. So I've got it in VR. All right, moving forward, Jake. You're also a big NHL fan. October 15th, we're going to see NHL 22 release. Dude, I don't know if you've seen this trailer, but it looks incredible. This has to be on your wish list, I'd imagine. And the game trailer totes a few new feature. Well, actually, one new feature. It's called the X Factor for big name stars, which I think like gives you like a boon or something if you have a, a star in your your uh, team or whatever. But um, the NHL franchise is finally using the Frostbite engine, and this thing looks so good. Like the, the graphics and everything just looks so freaking fantastic. If you haven't seen this trailer, it's just like. Oh my god! If you're a hockey fan, like you just got to be gushing about this. It looks yeah. Amazing. I I I think it looks fucking dope. One of the things that god. I am a little bit concerned about is only that I have heard some tell that uh, the Frostbite engine was de- so the Frostbite engine was developed to make shooters, and so I have heard some some rumblings in the development community that it doesn't necessarily work that great for things other than shooters. There are some things that make it a little bit more uh, yeah. difficult to program. I know the Battlefield so, games use it. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's What's weird about it is, though, is I think this is one of the last sports games to jump over. Yeah, because uh, because NHL uh, 2021 did not do a next gen version. They decided to wait until uh, 2022 so that they could fully change everything over to the the new engine. And, and it looks fantastic. Really, really make it make it a next gen experience as opposed to trying to shoehorn it in to the launch of the the PS5 and the yeah, Xbox yeah, yeah. Series X. Here, but yeah, I agree. It looks it awesome. It looks so good. And uh, I would definitely be interested in playing it. Yeah. For sure. Well, you should definitely get it. Uh, real quick, I don't think people... Man, we're old. We're using words like shoehorn. You know what a shoehorn is, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know what a shoehorn is. So how you put your shoe on. It's like this little slide. You put your heel on, and you just let it go right down in so the back of your it's heel... It's for old people. Yeah, so your heel doesn't get bent when you put on your shoe. <laughs> I'd like a good shoehorn. I'd like a long one, one that I can use standing up. I don't have to lean over to use the shoehorn. Hey. Oh, my God. Uh, did, so we're also going to date ourselves with this one. Um, there was a game called Quake a long time ago. It came out. Uh, so for 10 bucks. 
you can get Quake on the PS4 with enhanced visuals and three expansions, including a new expansion. The game will feature cross-play and online and local multiplayer. PS5 version will be coming at a later date, and Quake was initially developed by id Software in 96 and was really amazing in its heyday. Um, but does, does it still hold up is the question. And I bet you this game is just fucking fun no matter what. For 10 bucks? Do you think oh, it's... Oh, dude. Quake is... For 10 bucks? Dude, just all those old all those old id games are so good. Are they? Or is like, it just how we remember them? No, dude. I still... I still... Go like to give you an example. One of the things I like to do is when I'm on a business trip, I'll take my Vita with me, you know, yeah. because it's nice to have. But a lot of times I don't want to fucking play my Vita. So what I'll do is I'll install Z Doom on my fucking laptop, my work laptop, mm. and I'll play through the like original 1993 Doom. Yeah. Because you can play through the whole thing in like a couple hours. So. I'll just like sit there and play through it That's in awesome. a hotel room for a night or something like that. Because with Z Doom, it's actually like a like a launcher for the original Doom that adds in like modern controls with modern mouse look. Nice. You can use a controller if you want to, which I don't. I just use my mouse and keyboard. But um, yeah, dude, I love all those old Doom games. They're all those old id games: yeah. Doom, Doom Two, Final Doom, uh, Quake, Quake Two, Quake Three Arena. Quake 4, well, Quake 4 was not id, but it, it was Raven. Dude, Quake which we 2 was amazing. Earlier. What do you think Quake about... Quake 2 was awesome. Do you think Quake is going to be... Are you going to get this for 10 bucks For the PS4? You, I don't... I mean, I can definitely see myself getting it. Are there trophies? I don't already own it. I might question. already own it on... Does it have trophies? I don't know. Oh, I it might, it mic, probably sorry. does. I think all new. I think all new PlayStation games have to have trophies. It'd be so. cool. The Quake with trophies would be pretty sweet. It would be interesting. I am curious what the difference is between the PS5 and the PS4 version. They're like, why are they not releasing it natively on PS5? Yeah, I don't know. Right away, I don't know. Because like, what? Like, it, they're not going to make the graphics better. You know what Maybe I mean? Maybe like, they it's are. Gonna run. It's going to run at fucking 120 frames a second on PS4. They need to slow <laughs> it down. Is what they need to do to get it to run right. Probably it's probably just maxed in like too fast. That is one of those things that they struggle with with the new consoles is the new hard drive actually makes things load too fast and it fucks things up. So that actually could be it. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, this is cool. I'm stoked. I hope they do. And what's really interesting about this is that Microsoft owns this now. So the fact that they're releasing it on PlayStation at all is really interesting. Yeah, it's a cash grab. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the the fact that it, it just says something about their willingness know, to work and Bill put Spencer stuff out. Yeah. is that they're willing to put some of the, even if it's the older stuff, they're willing to re-release some of this stuff on PlayStation, which means that there's at least some hope for the people that are fans of the Bethesda Studios. Yeah, yeah you might not get it, it, you might not get you know Starfield, but who knows? Maybe like two or three years after release, you might get Starfield. Yeah. That's a salient point. Or, you know what I mean? So, like, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's just interesting because this it's not like Minecraft, where Minecraft was already on fucking PlayStation. Quake was not on PlayStation at all. They decided to put this out there. So, it's it's cool. I think it's cool. That's just it an is interesting cool. note for it's me. It's cool. It's cool. It's a nice throwback for us old-time gamers. And for anyone new who wants to see where this stuff came from, your, your first-person shooters. So They should put, like, Commander keen on that. Oh my god. I don't think that's ever been released. Why? Why has that not been released? Yeah, that game's so good. Anyways. 
<laughs> Man, you're really pulling out some deep cuts. I can tell you're an old PC gamer for sure. <laughs> that was where I started. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a game coming out called Mayhem Brawler. It's coming out August 19th, which was yesterday. We're, we're recording this on the... Nope. We're recording this on the 24th. I don't know what the hell day I thought it was. So this game's out. Um, you'd think a game like this would be right up my alley. It's a side-scroller beat-em-up, but almost looks like it exactly copies the latest Streets of Rage 4. And this is this, could this be a situation where a developer saw how well Streets of Rage was doing and the interest in it and just like kind of jumped on the bandwagon? I'm not sure. But it does look good. But what does it do to set itself apart from like that fantastic fucking Streets of Rage game? I don't know. This is developed by an Istanbul uh, developer called Hero Concept. Um, you get to play as a member of a superpower, superpower-driven police force protecting Mayhem City from bad guys. It looked really good, and I, I don't know if you're like me, Jake, but I love. You, we were just talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Turtle game that they're doing, the Shredder Shredder Returns or whatever. Yeah. And now Streets of Rage Four came out, and now we're seeing Mayhem Brawler, which looks pretty good. It looks almost like an exact rip, though. I guess it all comes down to gameplay when it comes to beat 'em ups like this. Like if they feel good, then they're just going to be good but if they're like a little off or a little twitchy or something then it's gonna suck but i don't know if there's any ratings or anything in this game because when i took the notes down i think it was before it came out but i thought it looked good and uh yeah i mean it looks it does look like a streets of rage clone or like uh if not i mean to be fair i mean like streets and streets of rage and tmnt and all that stuff well they all kind of had the same gameplay loop i mean a lot of these beat-em-ups had the same kind of thing um so yeah. like you know very few of them in like reinvented uh this the genre but i think it looks like the characters look kind of interesting it looks stuff. like a I flash game I'd say the artwork yeah. is less, is way worse than the Streets of Rage game that had like dynamic lighting and stuff. But it still looks good, and the environments look cool. And like I see like part of the trailer where he's like beating up like a rat that looks like Splinter from Ninja Turtles and stuff. It says there's three unique endings. Uh, you get to make choices in the game that'll help flow the story. Lots of content. Three playable characters against 30 mobs, including 12 unique bosses. I like the boss fights in these games, too. They're always kind of fun. You know, the boss is always unique and fun. And, uh, yeah, so it can be solo, um, offline. You know what I want to see in this vein? Mm -hmm. I want to see a remake of Comic Zone. Oh, yeah, that game was really good, too. Man. It was so cool. Like you just like going through the fucking frame. Yeah, you, you break comic artists that get sucked in, and yeah. then you like break. You like fight your way through the frames of your own comic. Like it's just really interesting. That was a cool game. I love these brawlers. I like seeing them coming back. So I don't know if I'm going to pick up Mayhem Brawler, but because um, I didn't even get the DLC yet for Future Rage Four. But man, I I really had my eye on that Ninja Turtle game, which looks good. Um, on a side note, it's talking about fighting and stuff. Uh, WWE 2K22 delayed till March. March of 2022. We don't need to talk much about that. The only thing that I can say about wrestling games is there was a wrestling game in the arcade when I grew up, and I forget what it was called. Um, but you could be like Big Boss Man or the Ultimate Warrior or Hulk Hogan or like you know any of those guys, Undertaker. And the controls were so shitty, but it was so fun because those characters back in the day were just so larger than life. Anyways, I don't know what it was called, but it was amazing. WWF something, probably. 
Um, let's move forward here real quick. With PS5 demand, Sony has rolled out a lighter version of the PS5, which now features a thumb screw to attach it to the base in an attempt to keep replenishing the ever-depleting stock. Um, this is on par for what Sony typically does. They'll continue to revamp and revise their console in attempts to save save manufacturing costs and increase performance quality of life. Um, I guess it has a slightly different SKU number. I, I don't know that any of the innards are really affected by it, I just think it's it just weighs a little less, and, and instead of having a screw that you have to use like a thing for, it has like a thumb screw or something, which is interesting. Any any comment on that, Jake? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I wonder what's. Do you know what's lighter about no, it? No, I don't. Because I would hope that they don't. Because the heaviest thing in there is probably the heat sink, <laughs> and I would hope that they don't make yeah. that lighter. Because you know then. You don't want to get the thing to get hotter unless maybe maybe this is the one that you maybe this utilizes that new like smaller nanometer chip or whatever and maybe it runs cooler so they can have a smaller heat sinker you know I, all that stuff saves money so yeah. I'm sure they're trying to do everything they can to sort of save money yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah I hear that so yeah I don't know what the what the reason why it was lighter or whatever maybe they used a different kind of plastic who knows um, I doubt it hey PlayStation boss Herman Holst. Uh, said recently in an interview with Game Informer that he encourages uh, the teams to be fiercely daring in their choices. He was also quoted as saying, and I quote, push the envelope and seek the boundaries of our medium and the state of the art of storytelling. He concluded, I think that is why we do what we do with PlayStation. And that was a quote from uh, taken from Push Square from the Game Informer um, interview so with that being said jake what if you had to name a couple playstation games that you think actually push boundaries and make quote-unquote fierce decisions what would be on your list i'm kind of surprised obviously the obviously the last of us yeah that's on my list I, i put journey on there just because i thought it was such an interesting approach to, to making a, uh, an online co-op game, a video game, right? Journey, I thought, definitely pushes boundaries with, with you know, uh, creating a connection. And then the other game I had was like The Last Guardian that I was thinking because it was just such a risk um, with the, how shitty that dog controlled. But uh, that game really is one of those games that I, man, I really loved it. I mean, if you think about just all of the if you're talking about like first and second party, yeah. think about like Horizon Zero Dawn is a completely unique and interesting idea. That is true. I mean, it's 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 a third person, you know, like light Shooter, RPG whatever, open yeah. world game. But the whole concept of the dinosaur, the robot dinosaurs, and the the combat and everything. Obviously, we touched on The Last of Us. Um, you know, look at something like uh, like. Spider-Man, I mean, they reinvented the superhero video game with that. Like, there, there really wasn't... Like, superhero video games, there were some that were good, right? But there weren't any that <laughs> they were, like, very story amazing yeah. before Spider-Man. They um, borrowed I mean, Naughty Dog's approach to good storytelling and put it into a superhero action game. And may, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. There may be uh, superhero games that fall... Uh, that, that are really good. Um... But even like something like uh, think about like the um, 
David Cage stuff, like Detroit Become oh, Human yeah, that's a or good one. Heavy Rain. That's a good one. Uh, think about Death Stranding. I mean, that game is so fucking weird yeah. and like so interesting and unique. Even a game like Days Gone that has like the horde zombie, the hoarding zombie horde thing. Um, you know, like there's just a lot. And obviously, you know, you got something like Gran Turismo, which is like the best sim racer on the planet. So there's Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the way that they utilize the SSD. The Dimensionator. game like, what's that? The Dimensionator. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about, think about like just Astrobot, uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, how it utilized VR. Um, Think about MLB Show. Blood and Truth. Yeah, I was just thinking about like, you know, a lot of these games revolutionize genres. Like MLB The Show is the best baseball. I would game say they all existed. push the boundaries, but I don't know which ones make fierce decisions. I think Last of Us falls into that. Returnal, I think, would be a good example of that. Yeah, I haven't played um, that one. Just what's that? I haven't played that one yet. Yeah, I mean, I think Returnal is a good example of that. If if you're thinking of some of these, I think Death Stranding is a good example oh, yeah. because Kojima decided to make a game where there's minimal combat and it's very Kojima. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have some examples of games that decided to do that. Taking Think about God of War. They completely redesigned God of War from being this from like, what it was, boisterous, right? like action-heavy, button-mashy kind of game to this thoughtful, like story-heavy, you know, RPG, basically. Yeah, and you know it works. I mean? Yeah, and it works amazing. You know, so I, I, I think that 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 he is right. Now, a lot of these games didn't come out under him or, or weren't, you know, developed under him. They were developed under Shuhei Yoshida, but he, if he's going to continue that trend, then that's nothing but good news for the PlayStation audience. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of cool though, to hear him talking. I I don't know what he really does, does, but, um, I don't know. He just has to say things that resonate well with people. Hey, new games coming out, Jake, August 24th, which is today time we're recording this aliens fire team elite on ps5 ps4 hoa hoa which is uh, ps5 ps4 sniper ghost warrior contracts 2 on the ps5 tomorrow august 25th psychonauts 2 on the ps4 which i think people are probably pretty excited for august 26th which kind of came out of nowhere august 26th islanders on ps5 and ps4 where you try to win uh, the Stanley Cup. Um, Traffic Jams on the PS4, or PSVR, sorry, August 26th. August 27th is Baldo, the Guardian Owls, PS4, and Tormented Souls on PS5. I don't really know that I have much to say about these releases. I will say that I I am interested in Psychonauts. And... I know that this is a PlayStation podcast, but I can play it for free on Game Pass. Mm. So I may I may actually play it. It'll be relevant because it is third party. You know, PlayStation gamers can play it. It's not like it's a Microsoft exclusive. So this is double fine, may, right? Yeah, it's double fine. But Microsoft owns Double Fine now, so this is going to be the last Double Fine game you fucking get. Um, so I am interested because I've heard really good previews for it. I haven't watched any reviews yet. I don't even know if the embargo is broken yet, but 
I've heard it's really good. So I really am interested in, in checking it out and seeing what it's all about. And it's coming out on a Wednesday, dude. That's a really weird time for it to come out. Yeah, it's really but weird. I think before I do any of that, you know, we got to worry about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing some Hades. I got to get through that uh, in a couple weeks here is um, Deathloop, mm. which is going to be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it's shit starting to heat up. Yeah. Yes, it is. You dig? I dig, man. I think things are, yeah. I, hopefully it doesn't heat up too far because I, I really want to have like a relaxing, scary fall video game season. The leaves. I mean, you're gonna. Ha- there's going to be a lot of, I think there's going to be probably a lot of games to play, but that doesn't mean that you can't kind of decide that like a, this is going to be my 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 moment of horror. Yeah, yeah. Because Re- Re- Resident Evil 8 would be a good one to jump into. Yep. You know. I think so. And, uh, and then The Walking Dead. I do want to play that as well. I haven't gotten to it, so. I'm going to do that in The Walking Dead is my plan. Nice. Fall. I think it'll be good. Yeah. And and Sony usually has sales also. Maybe I'll d- dive into Detached as well. But hey, man, we're getting close to the end of the show. Jake, would you like to say anything here before we, we, do we, we sign off here? I got a couple of things. I think I'm going to end the podcast with our little... Uh, I'm just going to let it play after we sign off our little uh, pitch for the Patreon again, just to remind listeners what we've got going on here. And, uh, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that's not a, that is not a bad Because we don't have any closing tracks. So don't forget, if you like to have your original music featured on the show, send an MP3 to our email account, awesome at gmail.com, along with your band name and the title of the song. We'll get you uh, on the podcast. We'll notify you when it goes live. So I don't know. We like I said, uh, just to reiterate, we have a Patreon now. Uh, there's only one tier. It's one dollar. You get a free sticker eventually when we get them here. We'll send you one, and uh, it's Patreon. P a t r e o n dot com slash p s. This is awesome. And Jake, you got nothing else then? Oh, um, keep an eye out on the YouTube. We're gonna oh yeah post you know some new interesting content here soon, kind of like a prototype for maybe a new style of video or something like that. So that'll be up probably honestly it might even be up by the time this is live, maybe the day after or something like that. So um, it's pretty much ready to go. I just need to finish the thumbnail. So uh, yeah, I, I, that's basically it. Um, it's 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 a little teaser. It's not really a teaser. It's kind of like a mm. basically. I'm talking about my experience with the Diablo 2 resurrected beta, but I'm doing it in an interesting way. Yeah, Jake did something really cool. So I think you guys should tune into the YouTube channel if you haven't subscribed to us over there. But all right, with that out of the way, uh, like The Witcher, War Thunder, and Watch Dogs. P.S. This is awesome. Awesome. Welcome to the P.S. This is awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. 
As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This is awesome.